Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me Greg Dickinson. I have known Greg. I was trying to figure out the year I met you, and I can't remember if it was 2011, 2012. But he's one of the earliest product suppliers and compliance that I met. Someday we'll tell the story of uh, our first dinner together and how that went. But we're not here today to talk about that because Greg has written a new book called The Convenience Economy. So, Greg, with that incredibly long-winded introduction, first of all, welcome and thanks so much for taking the time to visit with me. Hey, I'm glad. Good to see you and good to talk to you again. Yet yeah, it has been a long time since that infamous dinner where you schooled me and taught me a lot of things that actually helped me to become better in the compliance space. And we've been friends and associates ever since. So 2009, 2010 timeframe. Absolutely. So, Greg, what are you up to these days? Tell me about your new company and what led to the convenience economy. Yeah. So after I last startup, I moved to South Carolina and quickly became bored with the fact that I wasn't going to be a PGA golfer and I wasn't going to be on the Bassmaster fishing tour. Those two things were quickly, if I didn't know it already, I knew it very quickly that that wasn't the case. And I love software. I love company. I love people. I love solving problems and innovation. So kind of looked at the world and said, if you think about the consumer world and all the technology we have, we're really prone now to the Amazon effect or the convenience effect, right? We order online as opposed to calling someone on the phone. We go to use the ATM instead of going and talking to the teller. We have groceries delivered. We have prepackaged food delivered. Why? Because it's convenient, right? We do Netflix, not Blockbuster. And yet in the business world, businesses have put up these policies, these processes that really don't speak well to the convenience economy. And so we as people want digital first, things on demand, and we want to watch, not read when we're trying to learn. And so I wanted to bring that to the business community and I developed a company and a software technology that can help facilitate, right, businesses to work with their convenience customers, as we like to call them. You know, it's interesting you phrase it in terms of convenience. I look at it as more efficient. And I don't know if that's business school stamped in my head, but it seems to me we're saying essentially the same thing, that it's really quicker, more efficiently, that everyone agrees to the process. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, absolutely, Tom. I mean, at the end of the day, right, convenience, right? We have a saying here that if you can give your prospect, your customer, your suspect convenience, you actually gain control, right? So you're able to have that efficiency in what you do because now, right, you are on demand. You are utilizing digital channels to help that customer navigate your company. So absolutely more efficient. But listen, people have to think about it that way. And there's a lot of old process that people have worked on for the last 20 years that kind of forced them to do, oh, well, we need MQLs or we need people to register. We need people to opt in. We need people to do certain things. And they don't really. And that actually impedes, right, that efficiency and causes what I call friction. Well, and that leads me to the next area I wanted to visit with you on. You have a great phrase that friction equals frustration equals cost. You define friction, but I was really intrigued by your phrase frustration. Where do you see frustration and how does that manifest itself in the B2B economy? Yeah, so everyone will appreciate this. You are a person looking for a compliant solution. You are a person that wants to do a little bit of self-service. You want to do some research on your own. You go to a website, you begin reading the first three or four lines of a cool white paper, and there comes a bar that says, hey, in order to get the rest of this register, 
Well, first of all, register is meaning you're opting in and people don't want to opt in right now. You're still in the early stages of your process, your buyer's journey. You do not want to engage with sales at that point. So it's very frustrating that in order for you to continue your process, you have to opt in. Let's pretend you do. What happens then? inundated with phone calls, emails. Hey, Tom, you downloaded this white paper. You must be interested in buying. No. Second of all, the white paper is not available right away. It's not on demand. So that's a frustration point number two. Let's take it even further. You've downloaded the white paper. You opt in. You talk to the sales organization. You now are interested and you want to talk to sales. They'll want to have a meeting with you when it's convenient for them. Tom, how does nine o'clock next week look? Well, gosh, I'd like to know the information right now. So we, our processes in the B2B world, right, that quote unquote, we develop in order to make our business flow actually causes your consumer frustration. And the analogy I always use is the following, and I think this will sum it up. If you were looking at buying a snowboard and you walk by a store and you saw a really cool one on the shelf in the back, or you're going to go to an Apple store and you want to learn about the new Apple i11, and you walked up to the person and said, hey, can I get information about this i11 of the snowboard? And they said, Tom, yes, you can. Fill out this form and we'll get back to you tomorrow. You throw up your hands, you leave the store immediately, right? Because you're frustrated, right? You want the information on demand right now. That's what we look at. Greg, in the corporate world, there's been a large amount of discussion led by the business roundtable around who are the stakeholders in a corporation. Traditionally, that's been the shareholders. But now we're looking at other groups, employees, third-party suppliers, people in the community where the company does work, of course, shareholders, perhaps the greater community as well. It seems to me that the concept you're talking about work when you think about all of those different stakeholders at a corporation. Absolutely. Yeah. If you have a company today and all of your customer-facing organizations, customer-facing, and a customer, I say in a very broad sense, it could be a suspect, it could be a prospect, it could be a customer, it could be a channel partner, it could be a supplier of yours, right? At the end of the day, your ecosystem, if you have developed all your processes to deal with them in a way that is built on what you want, it has no consideration for them, for their journey, for their experience, then you have really harmed, right, your ecosystem. And Tom, the real crux of this comes down to, if you think about 10, 15 years ago, and you, Tom, wanted to do business with somebody or be a supplier to somebody, let's just use those two examples, you were very much dependent on that company telling you about their products. You had no avenue to learn, to research on your own. You were a dependent supplier, you reached out to them to do business with them, or you're a customer and you want to do business with them. That world has moved significantly now where suppliers, third parties, customers are independent. I have 11 sources of information on third party HIPAA. I can go to 11 places and learn. I don't need to go to a provider of HIPAA compliance software or services. So we have to remember that as a business, that people have choices And we're going to seek the path of least resistance. And if your process is very friction rich, they'll go someplace else to learn. So, yeah, absolutely. The ecosystem, the stakeholders all are experiencing, right, how you engage with that company. So it also strikes me, as you know, many of the listeners to this podcast are in compliance and anti-corruption compliance or other types of compliance, AML or export control. And inside of a corporation, 
the customers of a compliance program are employees. And it seems to me that you're talking exactly about the frustration of employees when it comes to dealing with a compliance function to obtain information literally on a real-time basis to obtain the compliance information they need to facilitate business transactions. Would that also be a fair analysis? Absolutely, Tom. Absolutely. If you look at the analogy of buying and selling, right, and you're saying and you're talking about the fact that if we can reduce friction, if we can give convenience, we gain control, wouldn't that be the same if you're the compliance department and you want want your employees to embrace, to be able to facilitate, to be able to use the information. If you make it hard for them, if you put friction, right, in that process, then those employees are most likely to ignore, abandon, not participate, right? Because again, it's friction equals frustration equals cost. And the cost to a compliance department is non-compliance, right? Which you, I'm not going to lecture you or talk to you about all what that means, because you know that better than I do. But at the end of the day, non-compliance is bad, and that's a cost, just like a cost of losing a customer or a prospect is if you introduce friction to them. So absolutely, we do live now in an environment, a convenience economy, where if that person can get their information from Amazon and get the package in two days, and every step of the way they know where their package is, that's very convenient for them. You know, nowadays, you schedule your cable install, you know that Jim's coming, here's Jim's picture, and he'll be there between 9 and 11, and then a half hour before he arrives, you're letting him know why. That's convenient. Think about that in the compliance world of how literal your customers, your third parties know about your policies and procedures, your updates, your refreshes. What's the policy? Where is it? Why is it? That's convenient, right? So yeah, that self-service customer is no different than a self-service employee that wants to embrace compliance on their terms. That makes sense? It makes a lot of sense to me. And further, it didn't occur to me when I read this book, but at this point in time, and we're recording this in June Q2 2020 in the, not the middle of the coronavirus health crisis, but perhaps as we reopen, the concepts you're talking about are even more important now as we really move to this pivot point of working from home, reopening the economy in pieces so that convenience and less friction is going to be even more important as we now digitally work together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I didn't write the book one month ago, right? As you know, Tom, from a published author, I I started about a year ago, right? And it came out. What I talk to people now about is that the COVID-19 has accelerated some of the areas that we talk about in the book, right? And the fact that people are virtual now, face-to-face meetings, getting that consensus buy-in where before you could go meet with the whole team, maybe that doesn't happen as much anymore, right? Maybe there's not as much travel in trying to embrace your customers. Or listen, Tom, you know it. I used to run supplier summits, right, at Hyperos to get the supplier buy-in. That may not happen the same way it did anymore. So now rethink how do you get supplier Enablement. How do you onboard those suppliers, those quote unquote third parties that need to be a part of your compliance program? Again, we use the acronym of a smart watchable asset because I need to replicate Tom and Greg to that third party and they're not going to want to read my compliance. They're going to want to watch and understand and absorb. And the facts that we talk about in the book around how much more people absorb in video and watchable assets, digital assets versus reading is astounding. And the number one search term on YouTube 
is how to. 60 to 70% of all searches on YouTube start with how to. Why? Because when people want to learn, understand, discover, and comprehend something that they have to use, they want to watch. So I implore compliance people, I'm not the only arbiter of this, but at the end of the day, you can onboard and get your third parties embracing your policy if you can communicate with a watchable asset. Let me pick up on something you said there, which was supplier enablement. And with the renewed discussion about the importance of supply chains, the importance of understanding where your supply chains are, who they are, and the ability to pivot much more quickly now, it strikes me that supplier enablement really might need to move to a much more top of the chart for conversations for really every business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we've learned, right, the hard way that looking at your third parties with one dynamic, and I'll I'll say that perhaps the dynamic used to be cost, right? So we'll have those suppliers in low-cost countries, right? Now, is it also important to look at cost plus convenience plus, right, enablement plus being able to sustain Right. When something happens and there's a lot of great companies, as you know, Tom, I was in the space for a long time that provide data. Right. That can help you to quantify on that third party. But I think you're going to find that the impetus in the past 15 years has been to single source or find that big provider of something and you mitigate the risk with that one. I think what you're going to see is now there's going to be companies saying, listen, we can't have a single source anymore because if something happens to them, it interrupts our company. So let's go with four or five. If you multiply four or five suppliers times the number of commodities, your supply base goes up, but you can't face the cost of enabling them in a manual, old, nostalgic way. You need to be able to do that with an automated process. And things change. So you want to keep them up to date every single solitary month, not once a year. You used a couple of terms I wanted to ask you about, the push model versus the consume model. Could you tell us about those? Yeah. So, I mean, if you think of yourself and you are a person that is trying to look at a compliance product for HIPAA or for FCPA, you're going to go through a phase where you want to learn on your own. We call that the self-service mode. It's the beginning of the buyer journey or the supplier enablement process and compliance. You are really not interested in having everything prescribes you, Tom, here's our sales process. You're going to follow it. Or you want to see the product. Well, maybe you want to see the product early, not four steps later down the process. So you right, want to consume that information instead of it being pushed to you and you having to follow those rules of prescription or the demo processes X, Y, and Z. Why can't I see the demo right now? Why can't I experience your product right now? Why can't I learn about your product without having to schedule a meeting with sales next week or next month and then go through a series of iterative calls in order to get ready for that. We, right, again, have a lot of avenues of information. If you correlate that back to a vacation for your family, you'll do the research on your own location, travel to the airport, from the airport, the airport itself, where you're going to eat. You'll do a lot of that on your own. And then at the very end, you'll say, hey, resort, I've narrowed it down to one or two. Could you answer these five questions or these 10 questions about your location? We're interested in understanding. We need a passport, et cetera, et cetera, right? You have consumed that information and you're not reliant on that resort to push everything to you. And that's what companies do today. They do a spray and pray, send out a bunch of information. Tom gets overwhelmed with information and frankly, doesn't gain anything. Let Tom come in and say, I'm interested in these seven different things about your company or your software, let me consume it. What people tend to forget is that 
used to be a single decision maker made the decision to buy something, right? Now there's buying committees, Gartner Research, Forrester Research, McKinsey Research. There's about six buyers on every team, no matter what you're buying. And this is for $10,000 products and $10 million products. So each one of those buyers, the compliance person, the procurement person, the tech person, the finance person has different information they need. If you blast out all the information for all those participants at once, you overwhelm them and you kind of put them in a bad spot. So yeah, we talk about the fact that there's a consume model taking place where people opt to consume, not be pushed at. Greg, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted more information on yourself, the new company, and most importantly, the convenience economy, how can they find out? Well, I'd appreciate any support on the book on Amazon, The Convenience Economy, B2B, Adapt Now or Pay the Price by Greg Dickinson. Or, hey, listen, I'm on LinkedIn, Greg Dickinson, and then also Amadim. And this is a way for you to remember it for those of you that are listening to Tom's podcast and driving. Amadim is my demo spelled backwards because ultimately we're trying to create an environment where people can get their own information and demonstration on the product. So Amadim.com is where you want to go and love to have feedback and conversation. As Tom knows, I spent a long time in compliance. Never, ever do you leave compliance. <laughs> That's right. You can check out, but you never leave. So Greg, we're going to link to all of those in the show notes for uh, people listening. But Greg, this has been a great visit with you. I'm so happy we reconnected. The book is incredibly thought-provoking. And as I realized in the middle of this podcast, given where we are at this point in time, I think some of the concepts you're talking about are going to be even more important and they're going to be accelerated greatly. So I hope we can continue this conversation. Me too. Tom, take care. Thank you very much. Thank your audience. Take care. If you're a compliance professional looking for a convenient and effective way to fulfill your continuing education requirements, go to fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses and choose from four hour-long training packages that will keep you current. That's fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses.